From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. A trove of documents obtained by News of the North appear to show recent settlements with former Kenai Peninsula Borough employees. A pair of settlement agreements between the borough and Kim, whose last name is redacted, as well as Sandra Stormy Brown, show payments of more than $250,000 between the two. Record checks show that a Kim Siner and Sandra Brown were both employed in the Human Resources Department of the Kenai Peninsula Borough in recent years. In an interview with KSRM Radio Kenai, Borough Mayor Charlie Pierce said, The settlement is between the borough, risk, and legal departments and the HR director. I have no comments on public records that you have obtained through the request for information process. Read more at KINYradio.com. This week, legislation sponsored by Representative Matt Kleeman that modernizes Alaska's marriage statutes became law. House Bill 62 raises the legal minimum age to marry in Alaska from 14 to 16. Clayman spoke to News of the North about the new law. We eliminated child marriage at age 14 and 15, which was the, which was allowed before passage of HB 62. So we've eliminated all child marriage under 16. And the second thing is, in the rare exceptions when child marriage is allowed, now we're requiring anyone that wants to marry at that age to go before a superior court judge and get permission because we want to make sure that those those youth who want to marry are not being coerced by their parents to do that. We learned, although many parents are appropriately supportive of their kids who want to marry, we've learned that there are some instances in which parents are really pushing their kids into marriage that the kids don't want to be getting involved with. And so we just want to make sure that anybody under 18 that does want to marry has gone through the right safeguards. And we've also limited those at 16 and 17 who want to marry before they're 18, that they have to be marrying somebody that's within three years of their own age. The number of witnesses needed is lower now under the law. The second thing that House Bill 62 does is actually lowers the number of witnesses for a wedding from two to one witness. And this has been really important because Alaska actually has a, has a strong business in destination weddings. About a thousand a year, people come, couples that have no connection to Alaska, they come up here to get married. And oftentimes they go to mountaintops and hike to waterfalls and get helicopters taking them places. And it was, it was not, it was an undue business burden from both local businesses and couples coming up here to marry to require two witnesses when some states don't require any witnesses. So the one witness, witness requirement now is a real improvement for, uh, for folks getting married in Alaska. Representative Matt Clayman. The question of whether Alaska should hold a constitutional convention will be up to voters this November. Governor Mike Dunleavy spoke about what he is hearing from Alaskans on the topic while appearing on Action Line. You hear two things. You hear one is um, there would be a big mistake to open up the Constitution. You never know what's going to happen. And then you hear the other side, which says, hey, look, this, this entire system, 246 years in this country, was set upon the, the foundation of a constitution. And in Alaska, the uh, framers of our constitution allowed for a, a review every 10 years. Uh, a review could happen any time by the legislature as well. There are constitutional amendments that also could be passed by the legislature and sent to the people. So I think if you read our constitution, the framers were, uh, were, were felt, felt um, 
felt it was very important to have the people of Alaska periodically dipstick or check the Constitution to see if there was anything or any of the sections of the Constitution that they wished to change. Dunleavy said Alaskans should not fear the outcome of holding a convention. If people decide that they want to uh, vote yes on that, then a whole system will be set up to uh, elect uh, delegates to a constitution, a, con- a constitutional convention, get the constitutional convention set up. Um, but I would just say this, that the idea of scaring people into not looking at their constitution or being afraid of each other that the people of Alaska would be able to manage such an endeavor, I think, is um, unfortunate. In other matters, two organizations say they have filed a complaint with the agency that enforces Alaska campaign finance rules, alleging improper coordination between Governor Dunleavy's campaign and a third-party group that supports Dunleavy's re-election. The Alaska Public Interest Research Group and 907 Initiative say the complaint was filed Tuesday with the Alaska Public Offices Commission, or APOC. Parties named in the complaint include the Dunleavy Campaign, the Republican Governors Association, and Brett Huber. A Dunleavy Campaign spokesperson said the campaign was reviewing the complaint. The Governors Association did not respond to an email seeking comment from the Associated Press. Brett Huber called the complaint a negative campaign tactic and said he has not participated in any coordination. The City and Borough of Juneau Assembly Finance Committee will meet today. City Finance Director Jeff Rogers spoke on the KINY Morning Show about three housing issues that will be discussed. The first would deal with expanding property tax abatements. Housing has been a, a big focus for the Assembly. It's been a focus both for the Mayor and the Assembly Finance Chair, Carol Treem, as well as the rest of the Assembly. So three of the agenda items tomorrow night are going to be about housing. Uh, one of those is to talk about expanding a, a property tax abatement provision borough-wide. That's a property tax abatement that's available for a developer to develop a, a, basically an apartment building that's been active that in the downtown area for uh, a year or more now and has not yet yielded a project downtown. It's obviously difficult to build housing in Juneau, especially downtown, and the Assembly has decided to broaden that and move it forward. A residential construction on Gasnow Avenue could also see some support from the city. The, the next is a consideration of a loan uh, for a, a downtown uh, apartment building type project. Uh, $700,000 is a loan for what is called the Gastineau Lodges project. That's up on the hill above Manila Square on Gastineau Avenue. Um, probably the most uh, exciting and potentially viable development project downtown as we see it right now. Short-term rentals and the availability of long-term rentals will also be discussed. The last thing on the agenda is a new consideration of uh, redirecting hotel bed tax that the city receives from short-term rentals to the Affordable Housing Fund. Uh, I think you have heard and, and seen a lot of frustration in the public uh, on the way that short-term rentals appear to be uh, affecting the availability of housing. Obviously, if you uh, live in somewhere in the borough, particularly if you rent, um, you might be not finding very many uh, apartment rental options, but if you go on Airbnb or VRBO, you see plenty of options that you could rent for a night or two. The meeting is set for 6 p.m. at City Hall. Meanwhile, the city will see a significant bump in hotel bed tax and sales tax receipts. Rogers can't tell right now exactly why the returns are higher than expected. 
we did really well for hotel uh, bed tax and sales tax in the quarter ended the 1st of July. So that's the April, May, June sales tax quarter. It was well above uh, my forecasts. Um, hard to know whether uh, all that sales tax comes from economic activity that we didn't didn't expect or if it uh, really is just coming from inflation. Uh, if you've seen the numbers, sort of headline numbers posted, we know that we've experienced inflation, real cost inflation, uh, in excess of 6 7 8% for many things, and we are definitely seeing that uh, in our sales tax returns. Juno Finance Director Jeff Rogers. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game is reminding hunters of waterfowl regulations, which change the timing of the season opening and closure dates on an alternating yearly schedule. This year, the season will begin on September 16th in Game Management Units 1 through 4. Season duration will remain constant at 108 days. The department advised that hunters preparing to hunt the Mendenhall wetlands in Juneau need to remember that the first two days of the season are reserved for youth hunters aged 10 to 17 only. As election season is in full swing, the Southeast Alaska Conservation Council is monitoring developments to the Tongass Roadless Rule. SEAC Executive Director Meredith Trainer spoke to that while on Action Line. One of the things that we're looking for is, you know, more clarity about uh, what the status is of the rule going forward, uh, but then also to see some movement from Congress on, you know, the Roadless Area Conservation Act. And so for your listeners who aren't dorky policy wonks like I am, uh, you know, a rule is a regulation that's put in place. It's not a law that's passed by Congress or a statute that's passed by Congress. And so what the Roadless Area Conservation Act, which we support, would do is it would take that regulation, that rule, and it would move it into law. And it would really make it harder for just kind of any given governor or any given president to facilitate rolling back those protections, which I should add, Southeast Alaskans support again and again in incredibly robust numbers. You know, people want the roadless rule in place on the Tongass. Trainer spoke to the development occurring in the Tongass on private land transferred from the federal government. So when land is part of the Tongass National Forest, the roadless rule kicks in. Uh, what we're seeing more and more on the part of the state of Alaska in particular is sort of kind of a sneaky backdoor effort to transfer land to the state that they then go ahead and log or go ahead and development. Uh, and that's something that we're monitoring closely and that we're going to continue to monitor. And later added... Uh, a lot of people aren't aware that logging is still ongoing in southeast Alaska and that there's even still old growth in some cases being listed in sales. And that's important, and that really affects in particular the quality of life of people on Prince of Wales, many of whom have said, you know, enough is enough. Like, quit hammering our island. Uh, you know, we want we want to live with this forest. We want to access the resources here. We want to go be able to hunt the deer. SEAC Executive Director Meredith Trainer. Juno School Superintendent Bridget Weiss spoke to open positions in the district while a guest on Action Line. Fairly typical trends. Uh, we uh, are still short a couple of special education teachers, and that has tended to be the case in the last few years. Uh, but again, our paraprofessional staff who work with students in our buildings is another area that we often have openings when we start, but we have a few more than normal this year. And I think that is somewhat also connected to the tourism industry because these tourism jobs are lasting longer uh, than they normally do. So we're hoping that once the tourism season starts to wind down, that we'll have more applicants. 
and how people can apply. We have lots of opportunities if people want to check our website, uh, www.junoschools.org. Uh, there's a block on that main page that says Employment Opportunities, and if they click that, it'll take them to the description of what we have. So uh, we have many classified positions that are available, and uh, we would love to have some candidates consider those. Also, wages for substitute teachers were increased this year. We are uh, really subsidizing for this year at least our sub pay. Uh, we know that uh, we, again, like all positions, we have a people issue sometimes. We don't have enough people. So when, when teachers or paraprofessionals are out, it's so important that we have a strong substitute pool to keep our learning going for our students during the day. Juno School Superintendent Dr. Bridget Weiss. The Southeast Conference's 2022 annual meeting in Ketchikan takes place next week on September 13th through the 15th. Executive Director Robert Venables spoke to the program. Our annual meeting is always one of those camp miss events uh, with the leadership that comes in from business and industry, policymakers, government. Uh, it's just a one-of-a-kind event. Uh, so on the heels of the announcement uh, today, there's going to be a lot of focus, of course, on, on how do we build on that success? What are the other things that we need to be uh, looking at and paying attention to? Uh, we've got a, an all-star uh, list of speakers, and we're just thrilled to uh, see it come together. And it's going to be a full three days. And what the theme is? The theme of this conference is charting the course ahead. So in each of our economic sectors, uh, we have a, a growing sense of optimism coming out of the pandemic. Challenges, yes. Dark clouds on the horizon, a couple. But there's a, a growing sense of optimism that, uh, that better times are ahead for us and we're going to explore how to maximize those opportunities. The event will take place at the Ted Ferry Civic Center in Ketchikan. Now, you may have boarded a plane for a summer trip. What about a business trip? ABC's Daria Albinger says airlines are worried. With summer vacation season winding down, airlines are turning their attention to business travelers. And they're a little worried because while leisure travel has, for the most part, returned to pre-pandemic levels, business travel is still about 25% below what it was in 2019 since covid more meetings are being conducted remotely, and that's made an impact on airlines. Business travelers also usually pay higher fares, so their absence has an even bigger effect on carriers' revenue and on their profit. Daria Albinger, ABC News. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.